0: mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawmen is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my home. Hey Pittsburgh, welcome to Steel City Hockey, a podcast covering everything. Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm your host Dave Holcomb. On our last show, if you caught it last week. We talked about Brian Dumoulin and his contract extension, six years, to the 25-year-old defenseman, and that left one restricted free agent left for the Penguins this summer, Connor Sheary. He has his arbitration hearings coming up this week, but again, Pittsburgh will avoid arbitration with one of their young players. They locked up Connor Sheary to a three-year contract. That is our leading story today. We're going to talk in depth about the how. Uh, It's a good move for both Shiri and the Penguins getting the 25-year-old, recently turned 25-year-old Connor Shiri, locked up for the next three seasons. We're also going to update the statuses of Matt Cullen and the trade rumors surrounding the third-liner center position for the Penguins. I mentioned at the end of last show that this week was going to be my last episode um, and I mentioned that I was going to have a long list of people to thank this week, and I wanted to take some time here before we get s- truly kicked off and started here uh, on this week's episode. I wanted to thank the people that that made this podcast possible, uh, Bruce Holland Drake, first of all, the owner of thehockeywriters.com for everything that he does at the Hockey Writers and making podcasts a a viable option for us writers at his website and giving me the opportunity to host this this podcast. I am eternally grateful for the experience this has been able to give me. Dean Plunkett, managing editor of thehockeywriters.com, he helped me get started, helped me uh, get my SoundCloud account going, uh, along with uh, getting an image, a picture ...that uh, can be identified with my account, a logo, I guess I should call it, for for the show. Uh, So thank you very much, Dean and Bruce, two of the leaders of uh, thehockeywriters.com. They are working really hard around the clock uh, at thehockeywriters.com, making it a better site for both the writers and the readers. So a big thanks to those two guys. I'd also like to thank Chad did De- 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 Dominicus and Jim Cerny. Uh, Chad, if I butchered your last name, I apologize. I'm I'm uh, not the best at pronouncing names. Uh, but those are the two. Those are the two guys that have hosted the Hockey Writers Live. Uh, Chad currently does it. Jim did it for a long time before I joined the Hockey Writers last December. Um, Jim Dean got me going with the show, but Jim is the one that encouraged me to get started. And uh, I really could have thanked Jim first, but uh, I, of course I wanted to thank the the owner and the managing the number one managing editor of, of our site first. But Jim was was instrumental in getting this podcast started. So thank you very much, Jim, for the support and and helping me out to get started. And Chad, thanks for the support that you've given me as well. A lot of retweets from you. Uh, and the Hockey Writers Live accounts on Twitter, and I really appreciated that. Lastly, I wanted to thank all the guests that I was able to have on over the months that I did this show. Sammy Silber, Hunter Hodes, Dan Rice, Tony Wolak, Pete Farrell, Brady Smith, Mike Netguy, Mark Greg Grixmull, Ben Jerrigan, and Tom Pollan. I think I got everybody, and I only butcher maybe one or two of those names. <laughs> so I think that's everyone. Again, if I if I, if I forgot you, if you uh, appeared on the guest, as a guest on this show and I didn't mention your name, thank you for coming on and, and making this a fun podcast to do. That's the number one reason why I do it, because it's fun, and I enjoyed talking to the guests that we, ha- we were able to have on. And I enjoyed the interaction that I had with the fans that uh, were listening out there. So um, thank you to all of you guys uh, that uh, helped make the show better. And and uh, while I have the time here, I should also thank the listeners. Thanks to you for supporting me uh, and the show. Uh, without you, it wouldn't really be worth doing. It would just be me talking to myself like I normally do without a recording, after Penguins games. But this gave me a purpose, gave me uh, a a voice, and uh, someone listening to me, in my opinion, really uh, meant something to me. So thank you very much for the support and and, uh, listening to the show over the last few months. All right, uh, without further ado, let's get going with this last episode of Steel City Hockey. Let's talk about Connor Sheary. He signed a three-year, $9 million deal on Sunday with the Penguins. That'll give him an yeah, I guess you could have figured it out yourself. Real easy math. Average annual salary of $3 million uh, was, again, as I, I as I mentioned at the top of the show, was going to hit arbitration this week. I believe his hearing was set for Friday, August 4th. Uh, but he was able to, and the Penguins were able to avoid that, which, as we talked about last week, is something that you always try and avoid. You always don't want to go to arbitration you're always trying to avoid arbitration so the penguins are able to avoid that with all three of their restricted free agents justin schultz was a lot easier these last two kind of dragged out but ultimately pittsburgh locked up all three of their restricted free agents didn't have to trade anybody in order to make that happen so a job well done by jim rutherford and his staff getting these players signed i think it was a fair trade for Pittsburgh, or fair deal, excuse me, for Pittsburgh and Connor Sheary, he didn't have a good playoff, and I think that sticks out in a lot of people's minds. The slump that he went through, and at the end of April and and in May, um, and well, he got it together in the Stanley Cup. We'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, he didn't have a good postseason, and I think a lot of people were asking for him to be in the two million range. Uh, for his next salary because he didn't do well in the playoffs. But guys, this, this, this player, Shiri, he scored 23 goals this year in just 61 games. That is not a guy that you were going to get for under $3 million. So to get him for just 3 million, I think was a victory for Pittsburgh. He was fourth on the team in points, even though he missed 21 games. You could have probably guessed three players that had more points than Shiri, Crosby, Malkin, and Phil Kessel so you want to be fourth behind those three big names uh, you got to do some work uh, especially on the number one offense in the league uh, and Shiri really did some nice work this season uh, and and was able to to score those 23 goals averaging under 16 minutes per game If you take a look at his his uh, scoring and, and point totals per 60 minutes 1.42 goals per 60 minutes, 3.27 points per 60 minutes. In the top 15 in both categories in the entire league, among players that played at least 900 minutes last season, he was seventh in goals per game and that, or excuse me, goals per 60 minutes. And he was ahead of guys like Patrick Kane austin matthews patrick Line in in uh those categories or in that one category the goals per 60 minutes now if he played more minutes maybe he uh he's not able to maintain that pace maybe he's not able to maintain that pace over a whole 82 game season again i wouldn't say it's a small sample size it's definitely a significant sample size with 61 games but who knows he missed a quarter of the year maybe he doesn't uh, have as great of a the last quarter, and uh, he doesn't end up finishing seventh in in goals per sixty minutes in the league. But still, to score that many goals um, in, in w- with such short playing time and and, and so few games is really impressive. And again, that is why I think three million was the minimum in a deal that would sign Connor Sheary for multiple years, uh, playing alongside Sidney Crosby. Remember at the beginning of the season. Shiri was not lined up with Sidney Crosby. Kind of surprising because uh, he ended last season in the Stanley Cup final next to Sidney Crosby. But Remember, all the way back to October, Crosby actually missed the first handful of games of the season. Then Shiri had uh, an eye issue, so he missed a couple of games. So it was until, I think, the middle of November until Crosby and and Shiri were uh, matched up again on the same line. But in 53 games where Crosby and Shiri played together, Shiri scored 20 goals, 46 points. If you stretch out that average that he maintained through 53 games over an 82-game season, and again, as I just said, there's no guarantee that Shiri's able to maintain the same pace. But if he did, he would score 30 goals in a season. This is a guy that I know it's kind of hard to believe. It's hard for me to believe at times, but Shiri is a potential 30-goal scorer if he can stay healthy. Now, that's the con. That's the risk in this deal. But he is a guy that definitely could one day score 30 goals. I think if he plays, as long as he plays 50, 60 games again, he will be a 20-goal scorer once again in 2017-18. And he actually was even better later in the season when Crosby and Shiri were paired with Jake Gensel. And I know everybody is obsessed with Gensel Crosby this summer, but put Shiri on the same level with those two guys because when Shiri was was on the same line with those two in the regular season, he was a point-per-game guy. And again, I, I've said this twice already, but want to make it very clear. He played 18 games with Crosby and Gensel and scored 18 points. I'm not suggesting that if he played 82 games with Crosby and Gensel, he'd score 82 points. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's clear that Shiri can play with top-of-the-line talent. He can play with Crosby, he can play with Gensel, and that is a potent top line that the Penguins are going to have now for at least the next two years. Gensel's going to need a new contract, he'll be a restricted free agent after the 2019 season, and unless the Penguins get into a big salary cap crunch at some point in the next two years, you got to believe that Gensel will definitely be locked up. So, really... They have the sit in the Kids line for the next three years until the end of Shiri's current deal. So uh, I, I love the idea that Shiri is locked up at, a, at an affordable price um, and, and for three years because that's gonna it, it widens the the uh, Stanley Cup window for this team. It, it, I'm not saying they couldn't win without Shiri, um, but that is a, a great first line that you can put out there if you're Mike Sullivan, uh, in a playoff series with Gensel, Crosby, and, and, and Connor Sheary, That leaves guys like Phil Kessel, Brian Rust, uh, Patrick Hornquist, Carl Hagelin. Those guys are going to be second and third line wingers next to Evgeny Malkin and whoever they eventually get at third line center. So you're looking at, a, again, a very deep top nine with Sheary locked up for the next three years. Now, as I mentioned, there is some risk to this deal. The number one risk... There's two, there's two really, and they're connected. Shiri is just five 175 pounds, and that apparently is a generous listing that is exaggerated uh, to make his numbers a little bit more respectable. Um, and he's injury prone, as as I said, missed 21 games last year. But I think one, those two things are connected. The reason why he's a little bit injury prone is because he has a small body. So y- you're concerned if Shiri can continue to or or play at a high level for 82 games, especially if he's playing top line minutes and taking the abuse that a top line gets. And we saw him slow down significantly in the playoffs when teams like the Blue Jackets, the Washington Capitals start being very physical and and brutal with Crosby and whoever his line mates are. Uh, Shiri wasn't really able to handle that in the playoffs Uh, slumped, significantly was entered a huge slump so i think there are some doubts in some people can shiri really be a top line winger uh, with crosby for a whole 82 season 82 game season um and even if he can will he remain healthy because he's so small if he takes a lot of big hits he's more receptive to to injuries um those are concerns without a doubt but to be fair to Sheary, he bounced back in a big way. Game seven, Eastern Conference Finals against Ottawa. Getting the assist on the first goal of the game, Chris Kunitz scoring that goal. And Sheary was on the ice for Kunitz's game winner. In that game, at crunch time, Crosby was paired with Chris Kunitz and Connor Sheary. Not Jake Gensel, not Evgeny Malkin, not Phil Kessel. He could have been with any of those players. Those players are good enough to play with Crosby, obviously. But it was Sheary and Chris Kunitz. So I think that speaks volumes to the confidence that Sullivan and this organization have in Connor Sheary. They really believe that he can play a significant role next to Crosby. For uh for this foreseeable future, and uh, after that game, that kind of got Shiri going because he scored in Game Two against Nashville in uh, the Stanley Cup Final. Um, actually, I think he scored in Game One. Excuse me, he's scoring in Game One against Nashville. He has four goals in twelve Stanley Cup games in his career, and remember, he scored the game winner in overtime of Game Two against San Jose last year. So, uh, again, a, a, somebody that. Yes, you're going to be worried about his size, but I think, and the Penguins believe this as well, that uh, the, the slump that he went through in the playoffs, maybe towards the end of the regular season, not really the result of not being able to take the abuse. It was just a old, good old-fashioned slump, um, and he came out of it towards the end of the playoffs and helped the team win. But what did you think of the Sheary deal? Again, three years $9 million, I, I thought, a very affordable contract. But what did you think? Let me know. Tweet at me, at D-M Holcomb, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B. You can also email me, david at gmail.com. As I said at the top of the show, I'm not going to be on, on uh, the air again to share any of your opinions, but I still would love to talk Penguins hockey with you guys. So even after the podcast ends, uh, please send me your messages and, and your tweets about uh, the Penguins. I would love to hear it from you. Okay, we're going to take a break here now on this edition of Steel City Hockey. But when we come back, we're going to update the statuses of Matt Cullen and the third-line center spot for the Penguins. Welcome back to Steel City Hockey, a podcast covering everything Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. Our last segment here of the show I wanted to discuss what we've kind of been discussing all summer, but the the status, the latest on uh, the third line center spot for the Penguins and the rumors surrounding Matt Cullen, perhaps him coming back to the team. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reported over the weekend after the Sheary signing that General Manager Jim Rutherford is now more likely to make a trade because he's closed the deals on all the restricted free agents that he had this summer. Which makes sense. Uh, with um, You didn't really know for sure. When you have restricted free agents. You don't know for sure how much money you're going to have to end up paying them. And Rutherford's probably smartly waited. To see how much needed to be allocated to Sheary and Brian Dumoulin. Um, to ensure that they would remain with the team next season. Uh, that well, Those two deals. Leaves. Rutherford, $3.28 million to work with to find a third-line center. That's really the only spot left open on the roster. Now, he could, though, also re-sign Matt Cullen with that $3.28 million in salary cap space remaining. Cullen scored 13 goals, 31 points in 72 games last season, also 2 goals, 9 points, and 25 points postseason games in 154 regular season games with the penguins overall 29 goals 63 points from the 40 year old so even at his age he's going to be 41 in november i think the penguins would jump at a chance to have matt cullen back on their team he's a great leader in the locker room excellent penalty killer and a great fourth line center um and when they already lost nick bonino at at third line center uh I, i think the penguins really would like to have cullen back at the fourth line spot, at least one more season to lock down the center position, help lock it down. They're going to need somebody else too, but uh, help lock it down so that remains a strength for this team. Oscar Sunquist looked like he was going to be the, the heir apparent to Matt Cullen on that fourth line, but as we know, uh, Sunquist was dealt for Ryan Reeves, who's not a center. So um, they really could use Matt Cullen back on the team. Um, what's interesting though, you could make an argument for sure that Matt Cullen actually had a better season last year, especially offensively, than Nick Bonino. Bonino scored the 18 goals, but if you look at their production over a 60-minute span per minute, Cullen was more efficient than Nick Bonino. Cullen 0.78 goals, 1.86 points per 60 minutes. Bonino had a higher goals per 60-minute Rate just barely at 0.81, but a 1.67 points per 60 minute rate, so almost 0.2 less for Bonino than than for Cullen. Um, but I guess the the question here, though, and the the, the next point that uh, you want to make with those statistics is that oh, Cullen can replace Bonino on the third line, and you know what? I think for a short period of time he probably can, but over the long haul. I don't think it's a smart idea to trust a 41-year-old at your third-line center spot. Cullen played about 13 minutes per game last season. And actually, according to DK Pittsburgh Sports, they reported that Cullen actually wasn't all that upset when he missed 10 games last year in around January, February, because he got to rest his legs. I think that tells you right there that Cullen can't really handle that many more minutes. Over a short period of time, maybe. It's possible. But once you get into the playoffs, uh, the Penguins are definitely going to want to have somebody else be their third-line center besides Matt Cullen. Um, That could mean that the trade doesn't happen immediately, like Rutherford might be indicating in his latest press conference, saying that, you know, I'm more likely to make the trade now uh, because everybody's signed. I don't think that means that the trade will definitely come soon because Cullen, if he comes back, can be your third line center for a short period of time, maybe the first half of the season. Then come springtime. Maybe earlier if there's injuries, but if you can wait until the trade deadline or if you can wait until January, February to make the trade, then maybe it's a little bit easier. Um to move around the salary, or maybe there's a, a, a player on injury reserve that opens up some salary space for the Penguins. And, and then you don't have to give up somebody on your roster to make room for the third line center. Because at this point right now, that's what's gonna have to happen. If they make a trade this summer for a third line center, more than likely somebody has to go to from the Penguins roster is going to be sent to that team where they acquire the third-line center from. More Most likely candidates right now, if I had to guess, would be Carl Hagelin or Oli Mata. I would be hesitant to trade really either one, but especially Mata because, look, he's 22 years old. He's signed to a reasonable contract at about $4 million per season, about $4.1 million, I guess, over the next five years. You got five-sixths of your defense signed for the next three years. The Penguins worked really hard to get a defense that they can win with, and now it's locked up long-term through the end of the decade, and you want to trade away a big, young piece of that blue line? I, I don't think that's a good idea. I, I I would not do that if I'm Rutherford. Haglin, I'm a little bit... It's a little easier to, to part with him at this point. He's overpaid, in my opinion. He really is going to be best for the Penguins next season if he plays on the third line and he's making $4 million. So that's a little bit too much, I think, for a guy that plays third-line minutes and a penalty killer. But that also means that who's going to want to take on that contract? Uh, and if the Penguins have to keep money— keep part of Hagelin's contract on their books in order to dump them, then it's not really worth it. You're not getting rid of the salary that you need to, to bring on a third-line center. So uh, there, there are a lot of moving parts here. I also think that the Hagelin we saw at the end of last season is not the Hagelin that we're going to see next year. Um, remember back to 2016 and how uh, dynamic the HBK line was. Hagelin was a huge part of that. His speed is a real difference maker. And for a team that's built on speed, the Penguins, they love their speed. Hagelin is their fastest player. So I also think it's—on paper, yeah, it, it might be a, a uh, guy that they're willing to depart with, especially with the surplus of wingers. But you know, be careful what you wish for. Hagelin is a real difference maker, an X-factor in the Penguins' offense— he really is when, when healthy. And I think he'll come back and be healthy and be that difference maker and have a much better 2017-18 season than he had this past year. So it'll be interesting to see what Rutherford does moving forward. If either of those guys are available in a trade, will he make the trade this summer for a third-line center? It sounds like he's more receptive to doing that after, again, signing the restricted free agents, getting those guys locked up. But again, I said this last week. Rutherford isn't going to be bullied into a deal. If he doesn't like the deal, he's not going to make it. He will wait. He's one of the most patient general managers out there, and that's why he is such a good trader, because he never feels like he has to make the trade. He turns it around and and forces the other team to feel like, i got to make this trade. And he ends up getting more in the deal for that reason. That does it for this episode of Steel City Hockey. Again, this is our last show. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks to everyone who was a part of the show, either behind the scenes or on the air. It really was a great time. I loved hosting this show. Um, thank you very much. Find me on Twitter. I will still be writing about the Penguins for the Hockey Writers and fanrag.com, fanragsports.com. Uh, check me out. At those two locations and on Twitter at DM Holcomb, D M H O L C O M B. And if you ever want to talk Penguins hockey, email me david at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Go, Pens.